Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the sweet sound of democracy at Newsbusters. We believe the one measurement that our democracy is healthy is we get to use our freedom of speech to say the so-called mainstream media are a plastically partisan pack of liberal Democrats. And then maybe in their lower ranks are the genderqueer socialists who think Joe Biden is a waste of space. But this partisan press is beginning to freak out at what they're seeing in their own polling. Trump is winning and Biden is losing. This isn't some Rasmussen outlier. These are our polls. What is really scaring them right now is the potential of Ralph Nader-type voters awarding the White House to Trump. CNN published an op-ed by Jim Clyburn. The headline, A third-party run is a risk we can't afford. Wrote Clyburn, or Clyburn's aide, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson ran third-party campaigns in 2016 that arguably siphoned off enough votes to cost Hillary Clinton the states of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and with them the presidency. I don't remember all that they promised, but I know what they helped deliver, the disastrous presidency of Donald Trump. He went on to say they were catastrophically misguided. Now, I used to have, as a teenager, sympathies for the Libertarian Party. So I kind of know, instinctively, third-party voters are not usually persuaded by the notion that they're just going to be a spoiler. That somehow voting for the Green Party is just like voting for Trump. They obviously are voting for the candidate they like best. And obviously, there are radical leftists in America who think, Joe Biden is basically a Republican. You know, like the people on Twitter who think Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd should just go work for Fox News. <laughs> but the whole trend here I just find really amusing. I just can't help but mock it. These people running around saying, we are the guardians of democracy. But wait, that doesn't mean all of y'all get to run for president. You people aren't allowed, aren't allowed to challenge the Democrats like this is somehow democratic. We have democratic in our name. These are the same people who freak out when you take out the IC and call them the Democrat Party. How dare you? That's misinformation to take out the ick. Uh, so the Clyburn message was also coming from Politico reporter Jonathan Martin. On Sunday's This Week with Stephanopoulos on ABC, Martin said it was imperative that Biden talk everyone out of this third and fourth and fifth party foolishness. Listen. Yeah, look, Manchin is still teasing the possibility of running third party. And I think the combination of that tease from Manchin that you just played and Jill Stein, a name that will trigger Democrats out there, Jill yep. Stein's entry as a Green Party candidate this week should really wake 
Joe Biden up to the multi-dimensional threat he could face next year, a four-way or a five-way race that could be Bobby voiced. Kennedy Jr., yes, Jill Stein, Cornell West. Cornel West, and potentially a no-labels type candidate. And John, I think it's imperative, and a lot of Democrats do as well, that President Biden get people like Joe Manchin, like his buddy Mitt Romney, who he's talking to a lot these days, by the way, Manchin is, get them to the White House and say, you don't want Trump to be president again any more than I do. The only way to stop him is for me to win re-election. Maybe you don't like everything that I've done as president, but the goal has got to be to keep Trump out of the Oval Office. Stop the BS, guys. Let's stop Trump. Brent Baker and I were joking about how Martin says, I think it's imperative, and a lot of Democrats think it's imperative. Yeah, you are a Democrat, so it's not shocking at all that all of you align on the perils. The perils! But I like the way Horde Habania, when he wrote this up, said this. It is outright Orwellian to suggest that individuals exercising their right to run for office as imperiling democracy. The idea that Biden should pull everyone into the Oval Office and talk them out of running has that same Orwellian tinge and further clarifies that the Acela media care less about actual democracy than they do about power. Power for Democrats and the preservation of their access to it. Bingo. Bonilla. Now, Jonathan Martin also has a piece here on Monday in Politico titled, Here's How Biden Can Turn It Around. He does convey the panic. He writes, The level of despair was striking. Since beginning this column a year ago, I've written repeatedly about the chasm between what the Democrats say in private versus public about Biden. Yet perhaps not since Trump's 2016 election have the party's leaders and lawmakers been so alarmed. What's notable is both the uniformity of these anxieties, there's no faction in denial, and how they mirror the discontent of the broader public. Later, he continues, far from merely being the stuff of beltway chatter, as Biden's aides dismiss any criticism, there's no divergence between Democratic elites and the electorate. That's because the main causes for concern are clear as day, Biden's age and the cost of living. Now, I just want to stop here for a minute and say, I, what I looked at this, I'm like, oh, the chasm between what Democrats say in private versus what they say in public. You know, it reminds me, years ago, I was riding around in my car listening to Mix 107 FM. They're not exactly national public radio they're just you know like the station that at that time they were the station that was playing all the the pop hits with your christina aguilera and whatnot and and uh stephanopoulos said to jack diamond the the dj something about how you know democrats behind the scenes are all complaining whining lamenting saying everything's terrible and i at that point i'm like oh see he's not on abc He's not moonlighting somewhere else. He's not talking uh, on C-SPAN. He's just talking to a local pop radio audience. And he's underlining something that we all know, which is, yeah, you guys all talk up the Democrats when you go on camera. You know, later on this show, on ABC's This Week, there's Donna Brazile doing what they normally do. Like, oh, Biden has so many accomplishments. You know, <laughs> that's the way they normally talk. But in reality, they're all like, Good God, have you seen him walk? Have you seen him bumble? He gets lost. He doesn't know where he's supposed to turn. 
They have they have they panic about this stuff. Mrs. Graham watches on TV and just says, "Look at him. <laughs> he looks like he's had a stroke." Well, obviously he has had an aneurysm or two. They're they're ways back. Um, but you know they're not exactly going to address these things and remind the public of his earlier brain problems. Some of it's obvious, but here's where it gets really interesting. Uh, Jonathan Martin writes, 2024 will be an extraordinary election and it demands extraordinary measures. That's in part for reason Biden reasons Biden refuses to accept his capacity to do the job. Now listen to this. The oldest president in history, when he first took the oath, Biden will not be able to govern and campaign in the manner of previous incumbents. He simply does not have the capacity to do it, and his staff doesn't trust him to even try, as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Biden isn't even 81 yet. They're basically saying, yeah, he doesn't have the capacity to do the job, to govern and campaign at the same time. Hey, but let's elect him for another four years. Let's all pretend he's hale and hearty. We all know that the, that he's inept, that they have to block him from the press. And it's not just because he's going to bumble and gaff. It's because he can't tolerate anybody disagreeing with him. You know, you can watch Peter Ducey just asking him about the polls. And he's like, well, you're looking at the wrong polls. It's like, sorry to break it to you, Mr. President. All the polls look bad. <laughs> Why don't you go back and have Jilly cook you up in a poll in the oven? Oh, uh, Martin con- continues, Biden's bid will give new meaning to a Rose Garden campaign, and it requires accommodation to that unavoidable fact of life. So uh, my first question for this is, where is the press? Aren't the press the people that constantly warned us that Donald Trump didn't have the mental capacity to be president? They're all running around screaming, 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment. Now he's basically saying, well, guys, it's time to put Biden back in the basement. It's an unavoidable fact of life. And we in the press are the first people who are willing to accept this state of affairs. Yikes. Now, the other moment we plucked out of the Sunday morning shows, Kristen Welker was pressing Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel on Trump having a second term of revenge. This is their big concept now. They're pushing it hard. The second term is going to be revenge of the authoritarians. They're all running around with, oh my gosh, there's a Heritage Foundation blueprint for how to run the government. Like there hasn't been a Heritage Foundation blueprint over and over, certainly for every Republican president in Heritage's history, pretty much. Um, But they love this whole idea that Trump, it's basically like electing the Nazis. This is the way they talk. Vote for him and it's the end of democracy. Uh, And so based on this whole idea that this is going to be the revenge presidency, uh, Kristen Welker presses Ronald McDaniel. And she tries to say, well, Trump is only one of our candidates right now. Uh, And uh, then she points out Republicans feel like there's a two-tier system of justice. Listen. 
I will say, a lot of Republicans, Kirsten, feel like there's a two-tier system of justice, that Republicans are getting prosecuted and, and or persecuted through prosecution. And they see it with President Trump. Uh, people really feel like there's one set of standards for Republicans and different for Democrats, and they've seen it come through Democrat attorneys general or others, and that is something that concerns a lot as, of Republicans. As, as you know, though, Democratic Senator Bob Menendez has been indicted. The New York Democratic Mayor Eric Adams just had his phone searched by the FBI. So doesn't that undercut the argument that there's a two-tiered system of justice. Democrats are being indicted, investigated as well. How, how can you guys continue to make that argument? I think when you look at what's happened with the Biden family and what's been uncovered since we've taken the Well, House, Hunter Biden's been indicted too. <laughs> but more than that, I mean, when you see $20 million go to 10 different family members through different LLCs from foreign companies, it's really concerning. I always think if this were Donald Trump, it's Junior getting that money, there'd be a big issue. As you Hunter know, Biden, as, as, millions of dollars from China. I mean, as you know, alarming. Hunter Biden is still under investigation by special know, counsel. But it's let going me, really let slow. Me, let me Thank goodness we have the house. Let me move, let me move on though because I know you don't want to get into messaging but If we may step in to protest Welker for her messaging. Yeah, reporters never are messaging. The whole nightly newscast is messaging. Morning Joe is absolutely messaging. It's not the news, people. It's the narrative. The newscasts are there to push a narrative. If it doesn't fit the narrative, it doesn't make the newscast. Now, look, if a voter in Wisconsin said, but but wait, um, may I ask this? In this town hall, the Justice Department under Biden indicted Menendez. Uh, the FBI is searching the New York mayor's phone. What say you? I mean, these are... Counterfacts. Oh, dare we say they're alternative facts. It doesn't rebut the idea that the Justice Department under Biden has prosecuted Trump and it has undeniably slow walked the Hunter Biden probe for five stinking years. It was underway while Trump was still president. It's also undeniable, and people forget this. If we're going to count up, we're, let's do a, let's count on our fingers and toes who's being prosecuted. The Merrick Garland Justice Department has prosecuted more than 1,100 Trump supporters and Trump on the other end of the scale. So it's like, well, we got 1,120 to two. Yeah, they don't look partisan. But, you know, look, there's another point here, and that is, dear Kristen Welker, may we ask, how much did the media cover the FBI and the New York mayor's phone? Did Lester Holt or the Today Show crew cover that? I don't remember seeing that. And have they gone wall to wall with Menendez? It's been covered. It hasn't been ignored. But they're still massively more interested in any courtroom adventures with Trump. Today, Donald Trump Jr. testifies in the civil trial. Today, Ivanka Trump testifies in the civil trial. And we're going to keep pretending Letitia James, who's prosecuting Trump, is somehow not a Democrat hack who ran for election to get Trump. Now, as for Hunter Biden, that coverage has been extremely limited, and they seem most interested in the indictment on the gun charge, 
since they've probably gotten the wave from the White House, like, well, that doesn't implicate the president. You go ahead. You can give that two or three minutes. This but Hunter response is particularly rich, as Jorge Bonilla noted, given Welker's role in the 2020 presidential debates. Trump was trying to press the idea that Joe Biden was taking money from China. Hunter Biden was taking money from Ukraine. This was actually Welker's question to Biden. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask some questions. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? That question is just about as deep as if you asked, you know, the six runner-ups in the Miss America pageant to write a question. You know, your, your son was raking in millions from the Chinese and the Ukrainians. What say you? Do you think that was a little unethical? And, of course, it allows Biden to strut around and say, There's, I've never taken a dollar of foreign money, and I'm just, I'm so, I've got all the character in the world, you know. And... <laughs> Kristen Welker should be investigating her own question and Biden's answer and be fact-checking that thing. Now they're coming out with these checks. Biden's brother is giving Joe Biden checks for 200 grand or something, and they're like, I don't know if that came from China. It's a loan repayment. Well, where's the journalism? Where are you guys going to do something like this? But, you know, this is really the thing they're pushing now. It's the revenge presidency, which is kind of funny. Oh, they're going to weaponize the Justice Department and prosecute their political opponents. What? <laughs> Let's go back to 1,100 Trump supporters and Trump are being prosecuted by the Biden Justice Department. And you're saying, wait, if, <laughs> if we elect Trump, the Justice Department will be weaponized against their opponents. This is sort of like the old joke where they said, uh, I dreamed I voted for Lyndon Johnson and he went to war in Vietnam. I mean, you know, <laughs> Barry Goldwater is the warmonger. We couldn't vote for that. Let's vote for Lyndon Johnson so we don't have a Vietnam War. Come on. Now, there was one final thought I had. Our uh, New York University professor, Jay Rosen, a Brian Stelter favorite. Brian Stelter thinks... He thinks deep thoughts. Well, this is his whole idea. He's one of these people that's really pushing this idea that you can't just talk about the horse race. You have to talk about how the dictator is coming. The dictator is coming. Yes, his motto is not the odds, but the stakes. He says, that's my shorthand for the organizing principle we need from journalists covering the 2024 election. Not who has what chances of winning, but the consequences for our democracy. And he points out, here's an extremely clear example of the odds reporting. And it's a headline about, you know, can Haley take over DeSantis for the number two spot to Trump? It's a horse race story. Now, we all know that a horse race story is not a substance story most of the time. And you would like to think in a democracy, it's not just about who's winning, but what they would do for the country. You could really do both 
I mean, Jay Rosen has to understand the reality is that a lot of people look at elections like they look at a sports contest. They want to know who's up and who's down. Uh, now, yeah, you don't have to make that 80% of your campaign reporting. But, you know, th- what the liberal media is being tasked with here is to do all the Democratic Party messaging that you have no choice in this election. You have to vote Biden. It's Biden or the death of America. You can't vote for Jill uh, Jill Stein. You can't vote for Jill Biden either. But you can't vote for Jill Stein. You can't vote for Cornell West or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I can't even do that impression. His voice is terrible. What is with that vocal fry in every syllable? Anyway, it's this whole notion that somehow you, democracy equals the Democrats. We just got that's going to be our narrative for 2024. You ain't democracy. All of us are democracy. Republicans are democracy. And when you run around all the time, you know, somehow making uh, the notion that the Republican Party are the authoritarians in waiting, not only is that a lie, it's obviously a campaign tactic, a campaign message. Oh no, guess what? They're engaged in messaging. Because guess what? That's what the news media does. That's why we're here at Newsbusters to expose it, to show you the videos and, and write the transcripts. So come on, come over once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>